Hello, fellow lovers of all things green. I'm Mary Stone, and welcome to Garden Dilemmas, Delights, and Discoveries. It's not only about gardens, it's about nature's inspirations, about grasping the glories of the world around us, gathering what we learn from Mother Nature, and carrying these lessons into our garden of life. So let's jump in in the spirit of learning from each other. We have lots to talk about. Hello there, it's Mary Stone, and welcome to the Screen Porch. We had our first big snow, followed by a deluge of rain. So once again, the Jacksonburg Creek is like a river running through the front yard. Can you hear it? The power of water. I am grateful for the fun of playing in the snow the last few days. Jolie's become quite a snow dog and a cross-country ski buddy. I want to thank those that reached back after last week's chat about berries for winter beauty and wildlife. Elisa Vett wrote, Wow, how fun to read this! Very poetic language in this one. I have a poem that I wrote about winter berries, only I did not know their name and called them red berries. They do stand out in winter, as there are not many fruits around. Now I know more about them. I invited Elisa Vett to share her poem, and I hope she does. Before the storm, I rallied around, tending to the long-overdue garden fall cleanup. I know, it's winter. You've likely heard the phrase, a shoemaker without shoes, the idiom expressing the irony of folks experienced in providing a service, neglecting to provide the service for themselves. The poor gardens. It's a good thing gardens are forgiving, and they come with delightful surprises, leading to this week's story that starts like this. Hello, fellow listeners and readers. Once again, I'm late tending to my gardens, the last of the to-dos after tending to clients. One of the benefits of doing the fall cleanup in early winter is coming upon seeds from the bottle brush buckeye that drop to the ground. I'm sure they've always done so every year. I've had the plants for 10 years and never noticed the seeds on the ground. We chatted about my adored plant in episode 118, Bottle Brush Buckeye Hide Tree Knees, I invite you to tune in too, and I'll put a link in the show notes. It's one of my favorite native transition shrubs between woodlands and lawns, reaching 8 to 12 feet high and wide in zones 4 to 8 in full shade to full sun. The tough, leather-like capsules that cover the smooth brown seeds were gone, and some of the taproots started to emerge. They look like tiny little white fingers coming from the seed. Two were deeply rooted, sitting on the soil's surface around their parent shrubs, I let them be. Then I grabbed the others to disperse around the property where I would love more waves of texture with its hefty leaves and lovely mounding shape, plus the feathery white flowers in summer that look like bottle brushes will attract bees, butterflies, and hummingbirds. In the flurries of the first falling snow, I dug in the bottle brush buckeye seeds, only an inch to two inches deep in the soil, about eight feet apart. I planted some near our boggy area, in the higher regions that aren't always saturated, as the flexible fellow prefers well-drained, moist soil, but tolerates flooding and moderate drought. And I dug in others along the woodland edge near the feeder to the cement pond. (laughs) I call it a cement pond because there's a dam that holds the mountain runoff, and now it's overflowing, and it's running down to the creek, making that bigger than ever, as you hear. I considered bringing one inside and propagating it like we did the avocado seed in episode 39, the magic of sprouting avocado seeds. Bringing up a question, now that I have this bouncing baby two-foot tree, what am I going to do with it? 
it's not hardy in this zone, and I can't have a big tree growing in the house. Do you have any ideas? <laughs> Beyond propagating by seed, bottlebush buckeye colonizes by suckering. Shoots come from the roots and the stems of the plant. Then the shoots put out roots to form a new plant, genetically identical to their mother plant. You can transplant the babies by carefully cutting the new plants away from the parent plant and transplanting them. Preferably do that in very early spring before the bud break or late fall when it's dormant. But before the snow, I'm just saying. Looking around at nature's landscape after the ten inches of snow followed by the flood of rain, I marvel over the swath of lime green grass near the vegetable garden where the underground spring runs through with remnants of snow and slush on each side. It's so odd that the grass is still green in January here. This morning's walk passing the same creek that runs through our yard turned into a rushing river with racing currents. In front of it, a healthy young beech tree, unaffected by beech leaf disease, with many tawny tan leaves still intact, dancing in the wind. The sky was blue and then grew overcast and spritzes of frozen raindrops almost sleet tickled my face from above. The winds kicked in as the cold front began moving in. Note to self, I'll gather that snow before it freezes and put it in the garage to melt, giving the house plants a nitrogen boost. The garage looks like a nursery with overwintering potted gardens and the gifted perennials I never got into the ground. Not a bad thing for a lover of all things green. Adding the buckets of snow will just add to the landscape in the garage, right? On the return trip, I gathered remnants of cedar trees knocked off from the snowplow, reminding me of the story of decorating with roadkill long ago. I didn't dress the window boxes for winter yet. There was no roadkill until the snow. <laughs> so now I have the treasures from the side of the road. I wondered why cedar trees rooted themselves where the hemlocks once stood. I had never had cedar trees on the property. And now it occurs to me that they are from the previous pilfering of roadside treasures spreading the seeds of life. Moving tree remnants, including berries, to areas other than where nature intended may be considered tampering, but consider yourself a bird or a mammal, humans are after all, and how wildlife transport seeds from place to place. It's part of the cycle of nature, the infinity of life. In the winter months, cherish all the beautiful treasures around you, including family and friends, as we spend more time near home. Maybe gather some of your belongings you no longer or rarely use and pass them on to someone who will enjoy them. Perhaps as you clear your spaces, give one of your most treasured things to someone you treasure who will cherish the gift and see how good it feels. We come into this world with nothing, no things, and we leave with no things, but we leave behind the love we give. It's the circle of life that never ends. Garden Dilemmas? AskMaryStone.com It's true, in the winter months, there's so many joyful things to look at and observe around you, and there's beauty in things that you may not consider beautiful. So look for them and enjoy them and cherish them as you cherish your family and friends. And I have a favor to ask, kind and faithful listeners. What are your thoughts about tweaking our podcast title to include something about nature? I have a black thumb, one of my writer friends said, but I love nature. And so she thinks that if there was nature in the title, more folks would find us. 
The current title is Garden Dilemmas, Delights and Discoveries in the Garden of Life. So do you have any good ideas? As you know, our chats are not only about gardens, they're about nature's inspiration, about grasping the glories of the world around us, gathering what we learn from Mother Nature, and carrying these lessons into our garden of life. So if you have any great ideas for name changes, I would so appreciate hearing from you and Perhaps then we can attract more lovers of all things green so that more of us can learn and grow together in nurturing nature and ourselves. Oh, and another favor, if you have not subscribed to the podcast, I wish you would. It's free to do on your app of choice so that it magically appears in your feed. Anyway, thanks again. I hope you enjoyed all the sounds of the rushing water and the wind kicking in. And I hope you enjoyed our time together as much as I have. See you next time on the screen porch. You can follow Garden Dilemmas on Facebook or online at GardenDilemmas.com and on Instagram at hashtag Mary Elaine Stone. Garden Dilemmas, Delights, and Discoveries is produced by Alex Bartling. Thanks for coming by. I look forward to chatting again from my screen porch. And always remember to embrace the unexpected in this garden of life. Have a great day.